opened a galley door, jumped out, shut up and sit down. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. We back. That's right. We had a nice little uh, Thanksgiving vacation and was off for a few days, and we decided to take the weekend off and be with our families, you know, kind of like a hostage situation. It wasn't really hanging out with them. You know, you get trapped sometimes, and it's scary. Oh, you have no idea how real that is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was it was fascinating, to be sure. Um, So... We got voluntold that we were going somewhere completely different than we usually go for uh, Thanksgiving or we're not having it at our place or anything like mm-hmm. that. We got voluntold where to go and whew. Yeah. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't I, terrible. I just get told when and where and I just show up. That's pretty much my life. Yeah. That's pretty much my life in a nutshell, really. I just people just tell me when and where to show up and I just show up when I'm supposed to be there. I mean that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean Yeah. You need to be told sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Yeah. My inner child definitely runs the place. Um, so today, we are going to be discussing the correlation between demons and aliens. Yeah. And there is one. There's a lot of them. There's, There's a not lot. just not one. There's a freaking yeah. ton. I mean, okay, all kidding aside, I mean, Jesse and I, you know, have been doing paranormal investigations for a long time. Um, I have done a lot of paranormal investigations into haunted activity. There's different, like, facets of paranormal investigations. You know, paranormal doesn't mean it's just ghosts. It could be people, you know, people that are investigating cryptozoology, you know, like Bigfoot, uh, the, you know, Mothman, uh, you know, all different kinds of animals out there that, you know, Loch Ness, the whole nine yards. And then you have people that investigate, like, UFOs and such, you know, UFOologists is what they typically go by. You know, stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, for me and, you know, Jesse and, like, you know, the rest of the people of our group, uh, we do into the haunted activity. Now, in the haunted activity, sometimes we do come across, you know, I don't want to say we've come across demonic investigations. Have I been a part of one before? Yes, I've been a part of one before, a couple, actually, that appeared to be possibly demonic but am I going to tell you that it was actually demons? No, because I don't know. There's no definitive proof. So I can't say, yep, that was a demon, all right. We're going to hell. I don't know. Not a clue. Yeah. But it is sketchy. It is sketchy. Yep. <laughs> Wicked sketchy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely been some sketchy moments, Oof. man. It's like, oh, all right, all right. We got a GTFO, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there... You know, people ask me, they're like, is there ever come a time, like, on an investigation where you're just like, okay, this place is haunted for sure, we're, you know, we're done. Okay, um, I can't say yes. I've never, I mean, I've experienced some really weird things, all right? Um, everything from objects moving on their own accord to disembodied voices to actually I have seen a full-body apparition before. Um, now, if you ask me definitively what it is, I'll tell you straight out, I don't know. You know, we well, ran different types of tests to try to figure out what it could be, but I've never got a definitive answer. And that's kind of like the difference between an investigator and like a normal like 
person because yeah. I tell you what, like most people I know, you, they see a full body operation. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's haunted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's happening. It's yeah. here. It's haunted. Yeah. It, I mean, if I walked it's in, real. Yeah. If I walked in and I sat down and had a two hour conversation with, you know, Abraham Lincoln, I'd probably be like, yeah, it's haunted. <laughs> you know? That would be a good conversation. Best hologram ever. Bro, can we do a show with you? I know, right? <laughs> um, but with that being said, this is kind of the subject that we're getting into with today's show is like prime example. We don't have definitive proof of aliens either. Not really. I mean, it, so let me clarify. Okay. I'm talking about the definitive proof as in, okay, we now know they officially exist. This is what they are. This is where they come from. Yada, yada, yada. You see what I'm saying? They landed on the front lawn of the lawn, uh, White House and said, and, we're here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, you know, and then the same thing on the on the spectrum side of, of where, you know, ghosts are, same thing. We've all been paranormal investigators. Hell, even people that are not paranormal investigators, people have just experienced hauntings in their life. You know, you hear stories from all different kinds of people going, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, man, my grandmother came to see me or, you know, whatever the case may be. And But, but do you have definitive proof? No. And we don't have definitive proof of aliens either. I mean, we have situations we have scenarios we have things that have happened that kind of go yeah they're there but you can't prove it you know what i'm saying so at the end of the day there is no definitive proof on either or that's another correlation in parallel you know in a, in a parallel situation between the two between aliens and ghosts for lack of a better term and i know that we're talking about demons too but i'm just saying in general well it's and it's been really weird kind of looking into this it was really weird how it came up and then we're like oh yeah we're doing this yeah, because I mean, oh, I was listening to a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, and he had this fellow on who has written like fifty freaking books, and he's a pastor as well, talking about you know, he's a ufologist. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so like, I, I started had to listen in, and he got like down to the nitty gritty, and there was uh, definitely some aspects of it that kind of caught me off guard because I mean, they're. We talked about it. We, we, yeah. I mean, it, it went, ugh. it was so, ja- my head was messed up for like the whole day. And Chance <laughs> was like picking on me because he was like, hee <laughs> hee. Yeah. He's like, uh, can you think straight yet? I'm like, no. Nah. Dude, I, I live on chaos. It, yeah. It's my objective in life to cause chaos, but oh, not in I a bad spiraled. way. I spiraled. That, mine's the funny entertainment kind of chaos. Yeah, you're I like cause. a toddler chaos. Like, yeah. my kid running around the house throwing like clothes at people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, all right, so getting into the subject, like um, starting off, when you look at <clears throat> what we perceive a UFO and an alien to be, all right, you had different accounts from so many different people around the world um, of all different, everything from different locations geographically to also different religions. You know, people that are a diehard firm, you know, Buddhist or, you know, a Jewish person or a Christian or a person of Islam or so on and so forth, you know, that there are people that still have all seen, you know, in these different areas, regions and everything else, UFOs, but they also still believe in their religion as well. Yeah. And one of the fascinating uh, thing that got us really going with this is how sometimes when the, like, say, alien abductions that you hear about, those stories... When you listen to them being described, they sound an awful lot like a demonic possession. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's one of the things that really caught me off guard with it because um, some of these uh, ufologists that communicate with and are communicated through, even our uh, Bigfoot lady that came on. Yeah, Phyllis. She she was talking about how she 
would open herself up to mm-hmm. these transdimensional things and they would talk to her. And in a lot of cases, they're using their vocal cords and then they ask mm-hmm. to use their body to, like, communicate with other people. That <gasps> sounds an awful lot like demonic possession. Possession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, absolutely freaking not. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, here's some, like, direct correlations when you think about it in the big picture. Okay. What's the one thing that, let's say, we'll, we'll use Christianity uh, religion. You know, in Christianity and with aliens, here's one thing that they both have the same in correlation. In both aspects, the individual believes they're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, for us, you know, who you know believe in Christianity or whatnot, you wind up believing that you're not alone because there is angels, there's demons, there's ghosts, there's heaven, there's hell, there's God, there's Satan, so on and so forth. There is another side. We're not alone. Yeah, that's a good ten thousand foot view of it. I mean, yeah, there's a there's a certain nuance to it that would kind of like make them deviate a little bit, but only so much because yeah. I mean, with like a- I said, I'm talking about just generic big picture well i mean with aliens you have people who believe that they're here to help they're here to watch us or you have other people that and i'm glad you just said that because you're leading up to another point of mine well of course i am that's what i do (laughs) (laughs) i set you up and you set me up to set you up exactly (laughs) the other facet is that we both believe that both are advanced advanced yes well that's how i explained it to somebody before like so technically God, angels, demons, the whole nine, they're extraterrestrial because they are literally not of this earth. The definition of yeah. extraterrestrial. Exactly. They they're, are extraterrestrial. They are not of this earth. That Well, at least not anymore. And that they believe, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I'm going off on the wrong tangent here. But we believe that they are more powerful yeah, because of their entities and such, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they're more advanced than we are, such as same as alien technology. Like, we all agree across the board, scientifically, if aliens could come here, obviously they're more advanced, techn- you know, technological-wise than we are, obviously, just because of the sheer distance. But with that being said, you and I have this conversation about the whole travel aspect. Okay. <clears throat> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> So when you look at a lot of the UFO video footage out there that people have captured, you know, and I'm including the military here. I'm talking about real footage, okay? I'm not talking about, you know, people with a saucepan in the air trying to make it look like a UFO. Or someone filming a bumblebee. I saw a UFO video that was literally someone filming a bumblebee. I about lost it. And it was like, this is a real UFO video. (laughs) So when you're watching these videos and you see, like, these craft traveling at excessive speeds, all of a sudden banking 90 degrees without slowing down, without stopping, just all of a sudden, you know, they're going to say, we'll just throw an arbitrary number out, you know, 180 miles an hour straight ahead, and then literally making a 90-degree turn, still staying at 180 miles an hour. Okay, first off, the human body would become jello. It's not going to be able to take that kind of G-force that fast, all right? The human Especially body. the ones that you see on these videos are going a hell of a lot faster than 108. I'm just saying that was an arbitrary number of me throwing out. Yeah. So, you know, so realistically, I mean, we're talking about some of them are like 600 miles an hour plus. At, at least. I yeah. mean, our planes go five, 600 miles an hour. You yeah. Know, some of them even faster. Yeah. But on the other hand, you have some that have been clocked up to like a thousand. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. That, that, that are going at impossible speeds. Yeah. And I mean, it would... Well, like, prime example, mock speed, 732 miles per hour, ballpark, all right? So imagine traveling at the speed of sound and coming to a 
not to a dead stop, but making a 180-degree turn back the opposite direction. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you're jello. Your body is yeah, you're done. done. You don't, there is no G-force suit strong enough to withstand that kind of G-force. No. Yeah, you're, you're finished. Because in that process, the inertia alone of your body moving forward at that rate of speed and then all of a sudden going back the opposite direction, same rate of speed, is equivalent to you jumping and going at mock speed and hitting pavement. And this is exactly why a lot of ufologists now are saying that the uh, aliens are more spiritual in nature and, you know, not really uh, – they're basically energy, energy. instead of, exactly. like, mass. Yes, because, because only energy can handle something like that. I mean, you look at lightning, and it's moving pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Speed of light. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> well, let's put this in perspective. So if there is an alien craft, and let's say the things that they're cap- capturing on video is actually manned. There is a living being inside of it. One or three things is going to have to happen in that situation. Either A, they have some type of technology that reduces the inertia, the G-forces, the whole nine Inertial yards. dampeners. Just like in the, yeah, exactly. Like in, you know, in the sci-fi movies. You know, in order for them to make those kind of banking maneuvers and stopping without becoming, you know, jello. Or B, their bodies are so dense and strong that they could withstand that type of G-force. If that's the case, we're screwed on a hand-on-hand fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. <laughs> because I mean, it's going to be basically bulletproof. And if they can handle that, they could probably handle a nuke, to be honest. You can shove a nuke down and throw it, and then be like, um, yummy. That was yeah. great. Delicious. Then third is, well, if it's not solid and it's not inertial, you know, damper nurse like you were talking about, sci-fi movie, um, then it has to be energy, you know, because energy has no weight. You know, a lot of people always confuse. They think that the light, you know, has weight. And all. No, light doesn't have weight. Light is the only thing actually, as far as we know of, let me rephrase that, as far as we know of, has no mass. It has no weight. Like, even people are like, well, Air doesn't have weight. Yeah, it does. Why do you think you feel a breeze? It does. I mean, I mean, it does. It the, actually does have a mathematical weight. So to I'm gonna have mass. to like, I can't 100 verify that light particles have no mass because they do have some sort of mass. I can verify for you that they have no mass. No, 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 no. Like it's minimal. It's like negligible. But as far as like quantum theory and all that stuff goes, I. Pretty sure light particles have mass. Light. And now you get to hit Mr. Google. Yep. Okay. Well, either way, <clears throat> if it's that, let's, well, you know what? For argument's sake, let's say that it has mass and it has weight. Okay. It would well, have to be so minute. Pause, okay. pause, pause, pause. Because it has a mass anywhere between zero and whatever the heck that funky mathematical equation is. It's got a dollar sign in it, bro. I don't know. That's negative. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that is a photon. And yeah. yeah, they have mass, just it's a negligible amount and that is yeah, math that is way beyond me. I yeah. I'm smart, but I ain't that dead. I'm smart. Yeah. So, with that being said, either way, if they were energy, then sure, it could be able to make that type of turn or whatnot because it doesn't have a weight that's going to carry it to destroy it um so with that being said i mean when we talk about spirits and we talk about demons like you like prime example you know you talk about a demon being able to enter a person's body take possession of it that means they have to be able to pass through solid mass Mm -hmm. to be able to take over which means they obviously don't have mass they don't have density they don't have um you know for lack of a better term a human body 
you know, like we do. Yeah. So and not in the sense that we think of. I mean, and that that's the biggest thing between with all of this, you know, mm-hmm. a spiritual aspect and a energetic aspect, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Neither of them have mass. We don't quite fully understand them, mm-hmm. and they can pass through our skin and be inside of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's scary. Yeah. It's okay. Sketchy. So now to start explaining the whole point of the demonic side of it. If you list list down like the commonalities between a person who's been demonically possessed in the past. I'm trying to get you to talk into the microphone. Oh, my bad. <laughs> or if you look down the list of signs of possible alien, you know, abduction. Both of them have a lot of correlations that are very much the same. Like loss of time. Both of the possession and also, you know, a alien abduction two common traits that happen to people that have had this happen to them. Loss of time. They don't have no cognitant, you know, thought of what happened during this X amount of time. It's just poof, gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Secondly. Scars, injuries from nowhere. Nowhere. Very common. All right. Um, people hear about, like, with demonic possession, about people being scratched, bruised, grabbed, and had, like, the fingerprint marks just still left on them, uh, punched, even punched, you know, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. Incisions, okay. lacerations. Yeah. And people who have been alien abducted claim to have the same thing, where they have either scars, you know, from, like, you know, from a, a wound that they don't remember having that healed. Uh, to scratches, to, you know, even bite marks. <clears throat> There's a couple of cases in alien abductions that actually have uh, bite marks. Man, my voice, sorry. I got something caught in my throat for a second. Um, feelings of paranoia. That is a huge, huge oh, one. Oh, yeah. Um, that it correlates in between demonic possession and with alien abduction. In alien abduction uh, scenarios where people have, like, done the... Uh, the regression, you know, therapy, where they do the hypnotherapy and go back in time to try to recall that lost lost time that they have. They always claim to have this feeling of they were in a room or something of that nature. It was all black and being watched, continuously being watched. People that are borderline of becoming possessed by a demon, one of the traits is they always feel they're being watched. The, the four main things that, that people go through for a demonic possession is first is going to be the infestation. All right, The infestation is where do you have the knockings, the rappings, the noises, all that stuff starts happening around the home. You know, alien abduction. A lot of people claim that before they were abducted that they felt that something was in the room with them, making noises, rappings, mm-hmm. knockings, so on and so forth. All right, Then you have oppression. Oppression is where they just mentally beat them down. They are constantly doing this and harassing them, uh, giving them thoughts of fear, anxiety, all that. Same thing with alien abduction. Before people claimed that they actually got abducted, they had this sense of dread all the time. Like that waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly. Like something was wrong and they couldn't put their finger on it. And then, of course, they, like I said, you know, reverting back, a lot of them claimed that, like in their homes, they were hearing noises around their home all the time. They would go to investigate. Nothing would be there. So they, they kept thinking that aliens could actually, um, for lack of a better term, teleport, kind of like a Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, into their home. So hence the paranoia on top of it. All right. The third is the obsession. The obsession is where the individual can't stop thinking about it. So the person who's going through all this demonic activity, they get to a point where it, it, they're just locked in. It's an obsession. They, they feel that. 
I'm being taken over by something, and they can't let it go. They start researching, uh, going through Christianity books, you know, Bibles, uh, you name it, you know, reading on topics of, you know, demonic possession and such. Um, this is one of the very common traits that a lot of people who have been documented of being demonically possessed that has happened to them. Same thing with alien abduction. All right. And then comes possession. When the thing actually takes over. So the funny part is when you go to alien abduction, some of the signs, sleep paralysis, same thing in mm-hmm. demonic possession. People re- experience it often. Humming noises at night. I have known of cases of people talking about hearing like muffled noises, like if somebody was talking in another room where you can't understand what they're saying, but you get the rhythm that there's a conversation happening yeah. of the sound. Yep. All yep. Right? Same thing. All right. Um, sleepwalking. Well, this falls back into the loss of time. There are people who have been, you know, abducted by aliens, obviously, that prime example, the, they based a movie on it with Travis Walton, The Fire in the Sky, where he was zapped up in one place and then reappeared in another location, you know, days later. Same thing with the, with the demonic possession where all of a sudden they just snap awake and are like, where have I been for the last couple of days and what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, completely lost. Um, having rashes, sudden illnesses, both of those correlate together. There, there are things that happen in with demonic possession where people have had these strange rashes appear all over their body. You know, it's not just the scars and scratches and bite marks and all that. Sometimes it's just rashes that they get all over, you know, in this weird bruising, but not from an actual anything hitting them. It's, it's almost like the bruising happened from underneath the skin. Yeah. All right. So same thing happens with demonic possession. Same thing happens with the signs of alien abduction. These are a lot of correlations between the two. Uh, the people start experiencing loss of appetite, not wanting to eat. If you look at the story of the movie, was called the, the the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Off the top of my head, Ooh. I can't think of the girl's name. I think it was Anna something. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. some German chick. Yeah, she she died from malnourishment. Yeah, yeah, from well, the, I mean, that was also partially a priest's fault. He should have been like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but I'm just was, saying. But even before then, but when she started initially seeking help and everything else, she had quit eating. Didn't want food. Every time she would eat, she'd feel nauseous, the whole nine yards, okay? So there's another correlation, all right? Um, this is what's really crazy. One commonality amongst, amongst people that have been surveyed who have claimed to have been abducted by aliens. When the situation is done, you know, they've, they've been abducted and they're talking about it now, getting more open. They're learning more about what happened to them. One of the crazy things about the commonality with all of those people, they have a sudden interest in Christianity and studying the Bible. Oh, yeah. Well, there's been, and we talked about this. This is one of the things that kind of, like, popped up the correlation between the two because Mm -hmm. there's been, like, some people that get sleep paralysis. They have kind of like a hallucination with it, and people was like, oh, you were dreaming, you know. But it's always something like demonic, spiritual, or aliens. That's the difference between the typical sleep paralysis. Okay, let's be factual here for a moment. Come on, okay. Hit it. All right. We've all experienced sleep paralysis at one time or another in our life. Here's the reason why. When you start getting to the level of going into deep sleep, mm-hmm. your body basically injects a neurotoxin in your body to keep you from moving. So you don't act out your dreams and nightmares and wind up getting hurt in your sleep. I had the name of the chemical at the tip of my tongue. I know. It's the same thing as in pufferfish. Well, no, 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 it's similar to it. I'm sorry. It's not the tetrodotoxin, but people are like, 
actually Joe Rogan was talking about um people taking this yeah particular like substance to like help enhance like their creativity and stuff but um but proceed sorry all right, so your brain basically releases this into your system this is not a made up thing it's not a myth no this is real and so what happens is because of that being in your system when you start to wake up like we we're talking about having lucid dreaming you yeah. know where you're aware of what's going on around you but technically you're sleeping all yeah. right yeah so you start to wake up and you realize i can't move <laughs> well that's what happens that neurotoxin is still in your system how do you counteract that the body has to jump up its adrenaline rush and push adrenaline into your body to make you work past it. Same thing when you do, like, uh, somebody gets on drugs and they give you Narcan, all right? And Narcan basically is a strong amphetamine and others that help push all that out of your system quick. It gets your heart rate up so you don't go into a coma. So basically what's happening is your body is going, hey, uh, you need to wake up. Um, hello, need to wake up. Okay, fine. Boom, adrenaline dump. <laughs> and it gets your heart racing and it snaps it. You know, the adrenaline is much more in your system than the is counteracting the drug in order to wake you up. All right. Here's the problem with that being combined with the demonic possession and with alien abduction. When people were coming out of the sleep paralysis, were fully awake and still could not move. And they're seeing aliens in the room with them or dem demons over the top of them in their room. And people are like, well, they're just still having a dream. Well, here's the difference. When you get to lucid dreaming, you can control it. You know it's your dreaming. Oh, yeah. You know that it's not real. Yeah. These people firmly 100% believe it was real. And I can 100% affirm this from experience. Yeah. This is the one, like, weird, like, sketchy, like, wasn't looking for it, you know, experience that I had. And that's mm -hmm. part of what got me into the paranormal. Because, like... You and I talked about it. I don't want to go in too much detail, but basically, I can freaking move. Wide awake, and I lucid dream on the regular. Like, mm. if I'm having a dream, and I don't like what I'm dreaming, I can change it while I'm still asleep. You know? I just, you know, I do what I want. It's my world. I do what I want. You yep. know? That's that's how it goes. You know? I mean, that's my mentality about it, and I don't have too many nightmares that I don't want to have. <laughs> like, yeah. I have no excuse. So, like, it... I had sleep paralysis, and I saw things happening above me, around me, and stuff, and 100% awake, couldn't freaking move, you know, and me being a Christian and all, and I hollered out for Jesus, because, I mean, that's the only one that can help me there, you know, <laughs> yep. and, but instantaneously, I was out of it, and, like, I mean, I could still see, you know, what was going on, but, like, I was safe, you know, I, yep. I, was, I was good, but, like, that I, I still saw it. I was wide awake, adrenaline dump, the whole nine, still seeing what's going on. And I was like, mm -hmm. maybe I should check into this stuff, you know, because I know I'm not hallucinating, you know. Yeah. You, when you can feel, like, almost like the wind off of it. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's legit, like, not really a hallucination. And I did get checked out by a psych doctor a couple times just to make sure because, like, <laughs> I <laughs> It runs in the family, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, flipping over to back to the religion side of the house. All right. So <clears throat> if you watch the, like, ancient uh, ancient aliens, right? Yes. All right. Ah, so here we the, go. Yeah. So the series Ancient Aliens, they refer to a lot about how a lot of, like, the religion aspects of what people were talking about back in the day were actually UFOs and aliens and not gods or angels or demons or anything of that nature. 
and here's the reason why that could possibly be true. Mm-hmm. All right, even with other religions, the ones like that we call mythological. All right, so all the way back in the times of you know the great Mesopotamia back in Greece. All right, in Mount Helicon, in the sixth century, this a real individual now, a poet, Hesiod claimed to have made contact with Zeus's nine daughters, which are known as the Muses, okay, um, who imparted art and wisdom with him and then gave him the idea to write Theogogy, or Theog- God, I can't even say it now, Theogogy, and Pandora's Box. Box. Now, Pandora's Box, even though he wrote this as a poet, was also based upon their religion at the time. The Greek mythology was their religion. All right. So Prometheus, who stole fire from the gods, they gave that to the humans. All right. Really, really, really made Zeus mad. <laughs> so in the process of doing that, um, he wound up basically creating this female. All right. The first female of the world, you know, in our sense of our religion, Eve, and gave her Pandora's box. The rule that he gave to her is don't open the box because it has all the evils in it of the world and power and wisdom. Sound familiar? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's like same thing. Fruit. Yep. Same thing when it came down to the Garden of Eden with God and Eve, the first woman ever created. That there was the Garden of Eden that had the fruit of wisdom. That you should not eat this fruit because this fruit is filled with the wisdom of everything. It is also filled with the wisdom of good and evil. Mm-hmm. What does she do? <laughs> Ate the apple. Open oh, it up. All right. What I have learned from this, doing this research, is never tell a woman what to do. All right. So moving on. <laughs> I right. do what I want. Do what I want. Um, and the reason why he created the Pandora's box is because Zeus did not feel that man should have that kind of power. Okay? Now, this is using mythology and, you know, well, just religion in general. Okay? Let's just say for a moment that these were alien. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, let's say that Eve is one of the first humans created by the alien race that put on this planet. Or even going over to, say, Zeus, and which is you know, their God, according to our God, all right, is an alien, right? Yeah. That gave the first woman that he created for this planet, you know, first species of human, and said, this box has all this wisdom and bad stuff in it. Still don't open it. It sounds more like, we're testing you. Yes. Yeah. And we failed miserably. Mm-hmm. We opened it up. Oh, we still do that, too. Yeah. All the time. Now, can I, uh, can I, can I, can I, can I hit you something? Shoot. So, like, I, uh, I found a reference to Greek and Norse and, like, all the old mythologies mm-hmm. in the Bible. Okay. So, like, uh, it's in Genesis 6. Um, where did it go? Do, 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 do. It's talking about the, uh, men bearing daughters. The sons of God saw the daughters of men, of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all of which they chose. Uh, skipping on ahead a little bit, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, 
and they bare children unto him, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Mm-hmm. They kind of sound like, you know, Greek gods and stuff. I mean, uh-huh. I was I saw that I was like, dude. <laughs> if you really kind of look at it, there there really is, in a sense, um, a, a lot of correlation uh, correlations that make you kind of wonder. Go, were there actual like semi gods? You know, maybe demi gods. Well, I mean, it, according to you know, if you read that and take that at face value, sons of God, which were like angels slash demons, because they're yeah. they're the same, just uh, different attributes, I guess. Like, yeah. one's good, one's evil. Yeah. You know, just judging by that. So, like, you got angels breeding with humans, creating giants, quote-unquote. Uh-huh. You go in air quotes, you can't see me. Air yeah. Quotes. But then, like, those became – the sons of them became Nephilim, yep. which are, you know, the great men, the men of renown, the demigods. Uh-huh. And Maui, demigod of the wind and sea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> But with that being said, I mean, if you think about it, now, take out the whole religious aspect of it completely. They're aliens. Yeah. They created us to put on this planet as their sick little experiment. And then they got bored and figured, I'm going to sleep with that. Because let's be real, that's just what men do. Yeah, fair. I mean, yep. w- women open boxes, men yeah. screw things. Yep, there you go. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but if you do, really, at the end of the day, if you take the religious aspect out of it and think of it from a, you know... A more of a solid scientific term, I guess. Yeah. You know, or or you know, evaluation would be more of like this is possible aliens that created us as their experiment on this planet, and of course they came down and they got bored and made it with us once in a while. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, like ancient aliens, like you referenced, I love that show by the way. Yeah. Um, or it could have been a way for them to keep the species alive, that their race. Yeah, because you know we're fragile. And yeah. Stuff. Well, because you know. what if they were the last of their kind? Fair. And let's just say that they had no other – because think about this. Oh, they were we coming go. down here and mating with our people. Mm-hmm. The first being, as, as they were saying, you know, that, that caused all the situations in both, you know, with Greek mythology and with, you know, with Christianity was uh, the, the female that they created so they could, you know, yeah. spread. You know, men could could go on and exist and keep going forward. You know, and same thing in Greek mythology. They created a woman, so man had his mate and was able to mate and make more other offspring to continue on. Well, a side note so from that. what if the aliens <laughs> – uh, hold on, I'm getting to a point here. What if the only aliens that were left were, you know, only of a male species? They didn't have a mate. They created a mate. Well, I'm going to hit you with something else. Here we go. Because there was one man and one woman, you uh-huh. know, and religion, mythology, such and yeah. such. And we know from our own, you know, just observations over time that when people inbreed and animals inbreed, that things get a little screwed up. So, shut up. Welcome to Arkansas. All right. No. I'm just picking on people from Arkansas because trust me, it's all over. Yep. Anyways, that. When the when your gene pool looks like a tumbleweed, you know you need to introduce some new DNA in there to actually straighten it out. So what if they needed to straighten it out? It could be. It you really got to introduce. Yeah. And, when your and, family tree is a telephone pole, yeah, it's time to do something, man, to break <laughs> off some branches here. I like mine right? better. Yeah. Um. So what's really annoying about all this, and it 
just drives me absolutely crazy. Trust me, for all three and a half people listening to the show right now, they're going to be thinking about this for the rest of the night. They're either going to be, A, arguing about it and saying, these guys are completely wrong. B, going, there might be something to this. Or three, what's on Netflix? It's going to be one of the three. I'm not sure which. I mean, I got some good shows. I mean, you hit yeah. hit us up on social media. We got we got some recommendations. We got some good recommendations. We do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depending on which path you want to go down. <laughs> yeah. And I totally forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> I got to thinking about Netflix. <laughs> but you, but you're right. I mean, maybe it was a situation where they had to expand on their race, so they created these other beings. That's it. Us, you know. Yeah. Well, and and that's why scientists are finding like anomalous DNA and like uh, prehistoric humans and stuff. And why, like, the ancient astronaut theorists and stuff are like, yeah, yeah aliens look, aliens look, bred with us. They look, were aliens. Look at the RH factor in blood. Yeah. Now, we talked about that before, yeah. and it's it, it makes a lot of sense. And it says, you know, they were there afterwards, even though, you know, according to, you know, that particular chapter in Genesis, all flesh died. Mm-hmm. All the flesh. So apparently they came back and did some more uh, dirty work. And let's just say that it could have been multiple alien species that were coming to our planet. I mean, because they got the idea from one and said, "Hey, this could work." So they came to our planet. They already had the basic structure of DNA from the other aliens on how to build humans. Hence, why we have so many people who look different. Because we're all on the same planet, but we have so many different looks: Asian, Hispanic, Black, White, you name it. How did they all come to be? If we're all human, basically the same, for lack of a better term, DNA. I don't want to say we all have the same DNA because, well, we'd all be exact, exact identical <laughs> twins, obviously. Clones. Yeah, clones. <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, as a human species, yeah. we're all very basic, basically built the same exact way. Okay? Mm-hmm. But we have all these different ethnicities and looks and so on and so forth. That means something got altered somewhere. Yeah. And it had to have been less than 1% because, uh, according to scientists, if you alter human DNA, even 1%, they are no longer human. Uh-huh. So less the pig. Yes. Look how close the pig is. Believe it or not, for people who don't believe this, please research. You'll find out that I'm right. <laughs> Pigs are very much in line with us as far as it goes for their existence. Their DNA is more similar to us. Than our DNA is to primates, like orangutans yep. and stuff. Yep. Our actual brain makeup is more closer to dolphins than it is to primates. Except dolphins are bigger. And they're smarter <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, I mean, and a lot of that is like... Uh, I believe that there are some million, or I'm sorry, some species on the planet that are really far smarter than what they really let on. Dogs, prime example. Oh, yeah. I think there are some dogs out there that are super genius. They don't talk because... They don't want to talk to us. Well, no. See, and we, we've discussed this before because... They're like, dude, I get a free ride. Like, the highlight of my day is meeting new dogs. That's literally the highlight of my day. I'd, I'd rather meet new dogs than new people as long as they don't eat me. Yeah. It's like it goes one way or another. Yeah. But dogs can understand English, can understand Spanish, can understand, like, pick a language. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I exactly. Mean, and we can't understand what they're saying. So, yeah, they're smarter than us. They're yeah. better linguists than us. And yeah, and it, it is so mm-hmm. true, so true. You take an animal and raise it in Mexico with a Mexican family, and they speak just nothing but Spanish. They know absolutely no English. 
and they teach the dog commands by mm-hmm. their language. Yep. It's not the sound. It's the actual verbiage they're using mm-hmm. that they can depict those certain words to do certain commands. Yep. Okay. And then, like you said, you have a dog here, you know, in America that's learning English. You have a dog in Russia that's learning Russian. Dog in German learning Germany, you know, or Germany learning German, so on and so forth. You know, so yeah, the dogs are smarter than us. Now switch them, <laughs> and they will still learn, be able to learn the commands in a different language. Like I had a dog bear, mm-hmm. so I hung out with a lot of Mexicans because that's who I hung out with. I don't know. Yeah, I that's mean, where you were. Yeah, yeah and uh, it. I talked dog commands in English, and mm-hmm. then I was learning a lot of Spanish, so I was talking to the dog in Spanish, too. Mm-hmm. And the dog did, picked up on it right away. Like, it didn't take any time for the dog to understand the command in Spanish that I taught it in English. And a good thing of you bring this up. This is the reason why, like, officers who are can- you know have canine units, they teach their dog a different language for commands. Because they don't need somebody that they're going after to start giving the command back yeah. to the animal. Because proven time and time again, sometimes the animal will react to what another individual is saying. It's not always their owner that they only listen to. It's the command. So, and, that, and trust me, I know this. I've learned this from other actual canine officers. Yeah, and told it's me this. usually like German, too. Yeah, they, they train them some offbeat language that's rarely ever used, like, in that particular area. Yeah. You know, like here, like where we live in Florida, of course you're not going to teach your, a, a tag dog you know, in Spanish or even in English, because that's the two predominant languages in our area. Yeah, you know? and you wouldn't even go to a, a any type of root of it, like French or Italian, because, like... But they're too similar. Yeah. Yeah, I you'd mean, have to choose something very, like you said, German, well, something offbeat. That's not necessarily true as far as uh, pronunciation and stuff, because, trust me, as... Uh, no, yeah, I know there's Someone that learned a lot of it Spanish can sound, and went to and you say it, you know, in the, it, trust me, it can happen. You no, don't I, want those words being too well, close together. Yeah. Put it this way, French Canadians hated me when I tried to speak French because, like, it's a Latin root, so yes. it's pretty easy to figure out. But, like, the pronunciation, totally different. They're like, oh, yeah, speak English, shut up. Well, same thing with <laughs> Spanish in general. Like, uh, like you know, back in the day when I, you know, I learned how to speak a lot of Spanish, too. You know, and it's like there's Spanglish, you know. Then you have people from, like, different – like, just like how we have – People from Boston and people from Texas sound mm-hmm. totally different when they talk. Oh, yeah. Same thing in Spanish. Believe it or not, there are different accents of that as well. Oh, yeah. And different pronunciations. Well, a lot of the people I hung out with were like either Mexican or Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and I was uh, trying to uh, – Hell, Filipino. I was trying to sweet-talk this Colombian chick, mm-hmm. and uh, she told me to stop speaking ghetto Spanish to her. I'm like, it, Spanish is Spanish, right? No, don't, don't ever speak that to me again. Like, yeah, that's so, and some of them very are, man, very, very much so, very particular about it. Like yeah. uh, Stephanie's family, you know, they are Puerto Rican and Dominican, mm-hmm. you know, and very much, you know, they, they all speak the same language, but the, I can hear when they're talking, some of the words that they say mm-hmm. is pronounced differently, mm-hmm. you know, just a hair, you know, like a little oh, yeah. bit of an accent on this or that. So, yeah, no, anyways, we're getting off topic here. Yeah. So. But, I mean, we're still on topic because languages. Yeah. Like, what? Where the language develop? I mean, biblically, you have the Tower of Babel because we try to go up there, and we need to be separated because together we can do anything. Together, okay, for people not we familiar with anything. Tower of Babel, we basically tried to build, for an easy description, a ladder to heaven, okay? Yeah. And so in order to stop that from happening... And to keep us from killing ourselves. And keep us from killing ourselves, <laughs> they created Babel, which means that they changed everybody's language. So when everybody tried to speak, they could not communicate 
And so nothing ever got done, and they could not complete it and finish the job. And hence, Tower of Babel. That's where the term came from. Yeah. And, her, and hence, when they say someone is babbling, you mm-hmm. can't understand what they're saying. That's where that term came from. So yeah. it, that's very I much mean, correct. Yeah. Well, there, it's that. But like the one thing I do want to highlight, and I want to highlight this for a specific reason, because we all look around in the world and see dumb crap happening. Oh, yeah. Together, we can do anything. If we work together, we can do anything. So oh, let absolutely. me put that out there. I need some positivity out here. You know, we're about 43 minutes in. I want some positivity, man. <laughs> anyway, okay. proceed. All right. So that is very true. That is a very good point, though, you know, because I've, you can trace back a lot of origins for everything from people's, you know, where their families came from, their, you know, their looks, uh, where it came from. To their language, obviously, from where they came from geographically, their families. Um, but how did those things come to be? Everything has to have an origin. Everything. All right? So with the different languages around the world, is it because of them being separated from each other that that's just how they chose to create their language at A, how they chose to create their language at B, how they chose to create their language at C, so on and so forth? But yet... When you look at a lot of things, too, there are a lot of similarities in the words, too. And and I don't mean, okay, how can I put this? If you take describing something in German and then describing something in English, mm-hmm. okay, two totally different languages, but you're still getting the same point across. Okay. Okay. So there's too many similarities everywhere with everything. If you look at the different religions around the world, this is from around the world. We're not talking about the block or the next city over. Around the world, separated by oceans. And people have religions that are damn near the same. And it wasn't because one introduced it to another. No, they were totally separated. Trust me, people, you start looking into this, you start trying to figure out the whys. Why did that happen? And then you get into the how did that happen? Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> when people start describing Bigfoot, different locations from around the world, because trust me, the Yeti, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it, has been around for a couple of thousand years, way before anybody crossed any oceans and went anywhere. But yet they all describe the same animal, same habits. Same descriptions and height, the whole nine yards, all right? Demonic activity. Same thing gets described around the world, no matter where you go. Yeah. Way before we ever made contact with each other. So there's so many different areas throughout the world, how we are totally separated, but have these similarities. Somebody had to brought it to them. Mm-hmm. Or there has to be some direct correlation. Now, a lot of people attribute that to... Uh, Pangea, yeah, and you know all the land being one landmass, but uh, well, yeah. That, okay, I'll give you the Pangea. Hit me. Okay, here's the problem. Pangea, if you took the entire all the okay for people out there who don't know what Pangea is, take all the continents, put them together, make one big landmass. Ta-da. Da-da, there you go, that's Pangea. So they believe that everybody at one time or another all lived together on the same massive land. The continental you know, plates started shifting, 
they all started pushing apart. It separated throughout the, you know, throughout the millennia, and now you have the different continents all over. Now, that is very much true. Yes, that is very scientifically true and proven. Yes, that is how things came to be, how, you know, like America is not a part of Russia and China is not a part of us and so on and so forth. That's how we all came to be, this, you know, the different continents around the planet. But, however, if you put all that landmass together, being that big, and there obviously wasn't large cities or a large populace back in those times, mm-hmm. how did they still run into each other and manage to trade all this information? Especially if they didn't speak the same language. I mean, how they, did they do it back in the day with the Silk Road? I mean, people learned each other's languages. Yeah, it took I time. Mean, yeah. But, but, I mean, you can still... But, but, okay, it's you're, like, you're building my point for me. I know, but it's Before like... Before they conversed, though, they had totally same stories, totally separated. There are tribes in the aboriginal areas of Australia, okay, that have never seen a white person. They have never seen anybody outside of them. But they describe them to a T. But they describe them to a T. Yeah. No, that... You see what I mean? Pandora's box, though. Yeah. Apples. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone, Apple, we all communicate together. You're not getting me that easy. Shut up. Oh, man, I'm going to have you go down so many rabbit holes tonight. No, I'm not. That and the three and a half listeners. <laughs> all right, so anyways, uh, getting more back on topic again. But it, time. All right, so all getting around. If you take a lot of these different situations, though, from alien abductions and you start doing reading up on the documentaries of the different cases and then look at cases of um, – sorry, not alien abduction – Alien abduction, look at those cases, then look at cases and documentaries of possession. There are a lot of uh, same, uh, a lot of similarities and a lot of correlations. Also, too, if you look at the Bible, there's different aspects and different points in the Bible, especially in Revelation, where they refer to everything that is up becomes down. Everything that becomes right becomes wrong. Um, that you will, There are going to be prophets, false prophets that are going to come forward. Um, they're going to be able to actually tell you the, tr- the truth of the future of what's going to happen. But they're false prophets. They're not real prophets. Mm. All right. Well, how do these beings know the future? Because maybe they might be alien. They can time travel. They know. Or they could physically just make it happen because of whatever infinite power and everything they have, technology. Well, I mean, and then there's – so this is part of the reason I love Star Trek Deep Space Nine because mm-hmm. the prophets on there – the wormhole aliens, and for those people out there, they're energy beings who are non-linear, non-corporeal, non-human, didn't have flesh and blood. They were energy, and they didn't experience time like we did. They were living every second simultaneously, so they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're in the future, in the past, in the now, the whole nine. They don't. God. Yeah. Basically, on the what is it? On the present. There we go. And they knew what was going to happen, and you know, sent messages to this planet and told people what was going to happen in the future because they know, they see it. They're already living there. They exist mm-hmm. there. So I mean, that is another way to kind of put that. I guess for lack of a better term, I mean that that is another possibility out there. Yeah. And think about this, too. If you look back at religion, when you look at the descriptions of, like, angels, you know, God speaking from the heavens, so on and so forth, descriptively, if you take away the religious aspect of it, go on just the description alone, and then look at some of the UFOs that have been described. They're very much alike. 
if you look at like what how an angel is described in the Bible, nope, <laughs> it's not what you think of as what we think of a you know a a angel being you know a human looking humanoid with wings. No, totally not how they really are described. Well, and you have to understand that a lot of these people were trying to put a description to something that's never been seen before, and they don't exactly. have our level of technology, like the prophets and like Revelation. Yes. Um, they're trying to describe like tanks and like rockets and stuff, you know, yeah. talking about how this horse has a fire coming out of its tail, you know, it's like, um, rocket. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, think about this too. I mean, uh, oh my God, we're going to really go down a rabbit hole. All right. So you got it, nine minutes. Okay. If you look at the description <laughs> of, uh, God, what was his name? Nostradamus. All right. Yeah. Nostradamus described cars way before they ever got invented. Hmm. Said the man would be drawn around by horseless carriages and shiny metal boxes. Yeah. Yeah, he described cars pretty much from, like you said, you're trying to describe something that you've never seen before. That would be like you trying to uh, describe a quasar if you've never seen one in a, in a photograph in a book before. No. You would have no idea how to describe that. No. Nope. Yep. So, same thing. They didn't have anything to correlate with like we have now to be able to describe what they saw. Prime example. Let's say the what they saw that they thought was an angel. As a matter of fact, here's a prime example. When one of the angels came down to, from the heavens to speak to them, it was he was in a fiery chariot. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, that could be like a glowing type object that they were flying, such as a UFO. It's very lit up. Well, not only that, when you enter the atmosphere, what happens? Catches on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Fire. Fire. So, yeah, I mean, when you really start breaking this down, it really makes you question, like, going, damn, was it aliens? Were they were they just messing with us? And, well, they were trying to give us a guideline to go by. They really were. Mm-hmm. They, okay, let's just say, for all intents and purposes, argument's sake, that God does not exist. There is no God. There is no angels. There is no heaven or hell. That there is these beings that created humanity, and they gave us a basic guideline to go by and hoping that we wouldn't destroy each other. And we totally screwed that up, obviously. Yeah. But just saying, all right, it makes sense in a way. But with that being said, for people who believe in Christianity, what is the one common denominator of Christianity? Faith. Believing in something that is non-tangible. You have to prove your faith to make it to heaven. Well, not not... So what if the aliens are actually demons trying to deceive humans? There you go. That's, and, a, lot to, that's a lot to that was, and think about. That was another point that like I came across because, I mean, with the government acknowledging the existence of UAPs, UFOs, USOs, the whole freaking nine, mm-hmm. and let's say the rapture of church happens, yeah. you know, and there's UFOs encompassing the planet. What is the most logical explanation for that chance? <laughs> hey, look, these people—we had to get them out we of the way because, the way. yeah, 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 They're, they weren't our type of people. They're not our tribe. Yeah. And with the tribalism going on in the world right now, I mean, it seems like the perfect setup. Yep. And think about this. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about this, what if the devil is real? That he is the great deceiver of man. The great liar. You know, what was he called? Morning star. Mm-hmm. Bringer of light. Mm-hmm. Bringer of truth. 
He was the worship leader for God. Yeah. The most beautiful of all angels. Mm-hmm. But yet, he's only mentioned a hand t- handful of times in the Bible. Literally. Only like four or five times. All right. Commonly referred to, though, as the beast. Later in Revelations. Mm-hmm. All right. But here's the thing. If he's a great deceiver, starts going, hmm, if I can make people believe that God isn't real, that there is no angels, there is no heaven, there is no hell, he wins. Mm-hmm. And hence, everybody coming out going, it's more it's more common and cool and trendy now to go, I don't believe in God. I believe in what word is that? Science. Think about that. Let that sink in. I mean, there was... See, you. I feel like you have to strike a balance, though. Because, I mean, if you just go straight with religion and nothing scientific is, like, good for you, like medicine, like some medicines, like... Then you're going to die. Well, then you get the Dark Ages, where, yeah. like, you get people being killed and lynched and mm-hmm. like burned at the stake for freaking mm-hmm. you know making robitussin yeah <laughs> you know i mean hey, stepping well, on some scissors hey, we're about, <laughs> hey remember the, the the bible is written by man not by god it's the word of god but written by man man's fallible and we're going well, by their interpretation from back then yeah so it's just something to think about Another thing to think of, think about is the uh, word pharmakia. Look up the word pharmakia. There you go. And the correlation to everything, and uh, see where that leads you. Yeah. Anyways, going to lead you down some rabbit holes. Yes, yes, and that's what we're here to do: lead people down rabbit holes. I want you guys thinking tonight and going, God, chance I was going to get baptized tomorrow. Thanks for talking me out of it. I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> go do it. Go do it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. No, we're not trying to talk you out of anything. No, this is just throwing solid, you know, ideas in your head that this is really how people do view things around the world, though. Yeah. You know, and it is something for you to think about. And what I mean by that is think for yourself. Yes. Above following other people. Above all, do your own research, make your own decisions. And then refer to us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're 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 bat crap crazy. We're yeah, not, we're the, we're the, yeah we are not the example. But we do this follow. we do this on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, we that, do this for fun. This, this is, is entertainment. Th- not only that, this is how we get through like everything. This you know? how we get. This show is our therapy session. This lets us get things out. This nah. lets us talk about. It really is at times for me, anyways. Yeah, no, it is for me too. Yeah. But uh, it's it's kind of one of those things like. I've always looked things up for myself. I don't take anybody at their word at all. Oh, you no, know? me neither. I don't, I don't believe anybody because, like, I know way I've too got many idiots issues. in my life. Like, yeah. Ask every ex girlfriend that I've ever had. I have trust issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I don't, I don't trust, I don't take things at face value. I'm, I have commitment issues. Why do you think I'm an independent? That's how I'm registered. I've been trying to change my registration for, like, two months. You know how much of a pain in the butt it is? Oh, it is, big time. I, I, yeah. I'm. I'm registered as something that I don't want to be registered as. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, no, I'm done. All right, screw this. We're done. We're done. We're out of here. <laughs> you know, Y'all have a great weekend. Yep, we'll see you next weekend. We'll see what kind of crazy mess we can come up with uh, next weekend. And hope you have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Stay out of the way of the crazies because they are out there. Night. I've come to talk with you again. 
Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone